got like a sort of divorced dad <laughs> energy like yeah we're, yeah like, yeah we're, we're built we're built before the title which is very exciting <laughs> like that's the first thing i noticed it's, it's like the production company and then it's like al pacino sea of love and it's like oh he's back he's back he's still he's a big back, deal baby. he's back baby he's still yeah He's still above the title, yeah. Definitely. And good for him. Good for him. <laughs> and good for us. We're back too. Hi. Yeah. Hello, everybody, Hi. friends and listeners. Welcome welcome to Al Pacino. This is a podcast about Al Pacino. We go through his filmography from start to finish, and we talk about it, and we work out, hopefully, work out a little bit about movie stars and why we love them. And we are here today. <laughs> oh, I'm Lara. Hi. <laughs> I'm Maddie. <laughs> Important. We are here today to talk about Sea of Love. As we said, Al is back. He's been he's been living in Diane Keaton's basement for the last um, <laughs> you know, how, however many years it's been, like four years, four, five years, yeah, four. four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's back. Diane was like, Al, you need a job. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming this is exactly pretty what. much. Yeah. <laughs> Diane's like, Al, I can't live with you anymore. You need to do something. I'm picturing him like, you know, the episode of Parks and Recreation where Ben loses his job yeah, and he's just like yeah, walking around the yeah. house. And, Could a depressed like, person make this? I mean, literally, <laughs> he did make like little like 16 millimeter films and do like little plays and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, good for you, Al. Could a depressed Al Pacino's Requiem for a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But and he did. He did it. He got out the slump. He's back. He's he's making moves, making money moves. And he's uh he's hopping on the erotic thriller bandwagon a little bit too late, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. He's he's missed the boat a he's little kind bit of, there, but you know. Yeah, he missed the boat a little bit. And you know, you can kind of tell. I think mm-hmm. this movie is like very much kind of on the tail end of the great big erotic thriller like surge of the kind of like 80s early 90s it is yeah um the genre is feeling yeah. a bit a bit tired at this point i think yeah we just watched um basic instinct the two of us and that is we did movie, yeah but that's kind of that's for crazy. some reason feels fresher crazy. than this like this just really i think yeah partly just because it's like very middle-aged and like there's less cocaine <laughs> yeah. kind of addling the whole thing <laughs> yeah like you know it's an alcohol uh, erotic thriller, not a cocaine erotic thriller. Yeah, I think my um, my big take on this movie that I kind of realised while I, I think I was sort of mid-watching it is that despite this being an erotic thriller, it is neither particularly thrilling nor particularly erotic. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the most interesting thing about <laughs> it is that it's yeah. like, it sets up all these trappings and then it's just sort of about like 
two slightly broken, slightly sad people kind of finding each other. It's like a romantic <laughs> like, drama that they've like bracketed. It really with, is. Like... It really is. And like, uh, like the movie this reminded me of most. I don't think you've seen this movie. Um, and this is a huge compliment to Sea of Love, <laughs> by the way. I just want to put that out there. Like, I'm not saying these movies are in the same tier, but to me, they have very similar energy. Is uh, is Minnie and Moskowitz the Casabertas oh, no, yeah. movie? Yeah. Um, which is basically about like, um, you know, these kind of two like dissonant people who kind of like they aren't really suited for each other. They aren't really meant to be together, and they kind of end up falling for each other anyway. And like, it's a very like similarly to me. I think a movie about like two people who are sort of downtrodden and messy, and like you're like, oh, I don't know if this is like the best relationship for either of you, but I think mm-hmm. you're finding something in each other that is like. That gets to the core of you as a person, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's something, there's something in each of you that like meshes somehow, even though mm-hmm. it's like you're like this. This seems bad. Like, I think you like should a go. a little bit toxic, but yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know. But you're sort of like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe these crazy kids are gonna work it out. You know, <laughs> like maybe, maybe there's something there. But yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of the movie that this reminded me most of. Like, I think. There is truly like the se- even though this movie is kind of literally about like a a killer who kind of kills you know uh, in the midst of like these weird sort of simulated sex acts, mm-hmm. it's like not horny, I don't think at all Mm-mm. it's like its approach to sex is very kind of like humorous, yeah, that's it's... true that's true I think also yeah, like al is not not a fan of sex scenes broadly like doing them and he hasn't done any really before this movie and like Mm -hmm. has spoken about how he was like deeply uncomfortable (laughs) making this movie and like Ellen Barkin had to kind of like talk him through the like sex scenes and stuff and he was just like I hate this (laughs) so um yeah I think he he probably wanted less of that um, yeah, although Marty Bregman didn't, which we might get into, but um. interesting. Yeah, please. Before we yeah, before we like dive headfirst into our takes on this movie, can you tell us a little bit about Sea of Love, Maddie? Yeah, I have so many notes about this. Tell us, um, tell us everything. It's good. We've been out of we've been out of the loop for a little while. We, we need have to, like, need to tap catch back up in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, as we know, Revolution is a disaster and it's like terrible and uh, panned and doesn't make any money. Um, and so after that, he, I think we discussed it on the episode, but he immediately goes off and shoots Local Stigmatic, which is this, mm. like, shoot, the filming of this Harold Pinter play that he'd been in on stage. Um, it's on 16mm, it's, like, 50 minutes long, um, and he kind of fiddled with that for, like, years and, like, edited it and re-edited it and eventually released it in 1990, so we're going to cover that next week. Yeah, so that's kind of what he was doing like right after Revolution. And then he's kind of talked about how the problem he was feeling was that he kept making the wrong choices. Like he kept choosing the wrong movies and that like there was so much pressure on him to choose the right thing and to be the like movie star kind of that he had been. And he just didn't really know what to do with himself and like what the right choice would be for him. And like that kind of pressure just meant that he was like, no, I'm just nothing. Like I don't want to choose anything. Like it's like choice paralysis basically. Like he's getting stuff offered to him, but he's like, I don't know if this is right. Like, and I don't want to make another mistake. But he did sign on for two movies with a company called Canon Films, which oh, I was yeah, like reading no, about yeah, briefly, and they sound films, kind of yeah. like yeah. Kind of crazy. Um, but one of them, which sounds amazing, was um, a remake of Investigation of a Citizen Under Suspicion that was supposed to be written by Paul Schrader. Oh. And I'm oh like, my God. Mm. 
<laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh my god. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, but I that feel never like won. somebody. I feel like somebody notable either works with or owns Canon Films, and I'm going to look it up now. But please continue. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one was um, David Mamet's American Buffalo, like a film adaptation of that play, which he'd been in on Broadway. Oh sure. Um, but I think Canon kind of like overpromised and like said that they'd booked people for things they hadn't booked them for and were just kind of like very poorly handled as a company so like there was one there was like a story with Dustin Hoffman where they like announced that Dustin Hoffman was going to be in this movie and then he sued them because he was like I didn't sign up for this like you're just like <laughs> splashing me across the Hollywood reporter despite the fact that this isn't true like okay I love the vibe. that that's hysterical. The reason I know what uh what Canon Films is is because Canon um there was a documentary that came out I think in in 2014 called uh, Electric Boogaloo: The World Untold Story of Canon Films, which is meant to be great. Uh, so oh, I assu- I'm assuming the, that yeah I'm assuming the that, that breaking yeah breaking to Electric Boogaloo is a Canon movie <laughs> I presume. So like wow. a shame, yeah, he a great shame that. that Al kind of, yeah, didn't get into... Can you imagine if Al got into, like, B-movies? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, if he kind of took the, like... He took the Neeson route and just, like, started doing sort of shoot-em-ups. He's too small for that. Like, he's too much of a little guy, you know? Yeah, you need to be, like, one of the largest men alive to, like... like, Liam Neeson's just, like... (laughs) Yeah, Liam Neeson's just big. Yeah, he's big, (laughs) too. Uh, what else do I have in my notes? Yeah, yeah. So, so he's like doing all these little plays that no one is seeing, and he's like really happy that no one's seeing these plays. He's just like having a great time, like doing Aww. these like really, really off Broadway things to like no just people. Hanging out, sure. And then I have a whole bit from Diane's book that I could read, but it's very long. Um, oh, can you like, can you do a little bit? I think we should have a little. I'd love to hear it. Um, so this is from Diane Keaton's autobiography, which I listened to like half of because I was like, I want to hear about Warren Beatty and Arpacino. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was great. Uh, so she says, um, we ran into each other outside an Edsing Bay at the film centre where he's working on his 16mm film, The Local Stigmatic, while I was finishing up with The Hereafter. He was irresistible, as always, and we started palling around, but it was different this time. We were older. He wasn't the godfather. I wasn't Kay Corleone. We were two people plugging away at a couple of independent films. There was a dishevelled aspect to Al that was very appealing, almost familiar. (laughs) Sorry. He invited me to come to his home one Sunday, then another, then another, and it was always the same. After the softball game with Al's shortstop, the usual cast of characters would drive to his house on the Hudson. The house was filled with activity. Al's three dogs ran around. Straight actors would pop in for a few minutes while Charlie Lawton, Al's mentor, and his wife Penny discussed the dying role of the theatre. Al would join in with thoughts of doing a workshop of Salome or Luke Macbeth. These conversations would go on for hours and hours. Oh, yeah. that sounds nice. It's that nice. sounds like a nice hang for the two of them. I just, I find her uh, describing him as dishevelled absolutely hilarious. It's like so true. <laughs> he just looks like messy. <laughs> yeah. He's got eight scarves on, like, and it's hysterical because Diane always looks so great. Like, that's I know, her kind yeah. Of defining characteristic as a as a non actor is that she always looks incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love them. Like, and Al's just. I also love like you can tell man. you can tell that they were together because Al got so much better dressed like over that <laughs> period. Like just like Shut the up. end, like the early nineties. He looks great, and I'm like mm, Diane. <laughs> um, Diane. Hundred percent, yes. Um, it sounds like it was sort of a genuinely restorative kind of period mm-hmm, for him, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that like this movie really indicates 
a very it's like an interesting point for him to come back in for, yeah you know what i mean like it's sort end of, of the 80s yeah yeah the end of the 80s like kind of the tail end or what feels like even though it isn't like the last breath of the erotic thriller but like this movie feels like mm-hmm. it's part of that mm-hmm. you know and yeah. um and it it's sort of like he's sort of just like settling into this this new kind of the, the interesting thing about this movie is that he like is so sort of schlubby and like useless in this movie mm-hmm. you know like he's mm-hmm. not a particularly uh, he's kind of a mess like like i said he has big divorced dad energy like <laughs> yeah. this is so obviously i think a movie about like i think that it's interesting that he kind of this is his entry point back in because it's like it feels very much like he and this character are very simpatico. I think, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of... I imagine that there was a lot of himself that he saw in this character because it's like he's kind of... He's sort of over the hill. Like, he's kind of, you know, like, retirement is kind of being thrown around for him. Yeah. He sort of feels like he's, like, running out of sort of energy and, like, you know, he's kind of not really up to his job anymore and he's, like... He needs sort of something to sort of jazz him up a bit. And I think <laughs> that... Yeah, I think that, yeah, they're both kind of, you know, obviously not to, like, project too much of it onto Al. I don't know how he's feeling. Like, clearly he still wanted to do some work, but, yeah, you know. I've got a quote from him about it where he basically says that. Like, he's like... Oh, great. (laughs) I'm not saying we're exact duplicates, but his dilemma interested me because he is at a point in his life where he's being asked to retire and the job is all he has. He has no love interest in his life. He has his work. And you know there's work and there's love. If you lose both, it's a tough time. I guess playing the part now as opposed to 10 years ago, I have a closer understanding, a more tactile understanding of the character because of my age and understanding of the situation he's in. He gets the sense that time is running out. He has a one-way ticket. The train is coming out of the tunnel and he sees in the distance a big mountain of mortality and he wants to make his time here count. (laughs) (laughs) Such a... (laughs) The big mountain of mortality. I know. It's so funny to like that he said that then and now like it's like thirty years later and he's still working. Like I know. to be like in the kind of late eighties and now has had that like whole like he spent more time as in he's been working for longer since his break than he did before his break now. Yeah. Like quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that is crazy because, you know, like he really isn't an, in an awful lot of movies in that first part of his career, mm-hmm, right? Like, exactly, it, yeah. all things considered, like, it's quite a small career. Like, mm-hmm. if he'd have just stopped making movies at that point, that would have been crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. For a career to be that short. Especially when he's clearly still got, you know, something in him. Even if he is yeah. making all these, like, garbagey studio movies. Yeah. You know, like, clearly there's still an impulse there. I somehow. think also, like... Even, sorry. You know. Sorry, I was just gonna say, even if even if the impulse is just like to pay one's bills, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah, to get your kids through college, like you yeah. know, he's not like you know, he's not at like cinema con, is he? You know, <laughs> he's acting. <laughs> I think also like you don't like I if I was him, I wouldn't like I would look at Revolution, and I'd be like, that's not what I want to go out on. Like if that's my last movie, mm. like whereas like if it was if this was his last movie. That would be okay, you know? Like, even if it didn't do well, which it did, but, like, even if it hadn't, like, as a kind of final statement, it would work. Whereas Revolution is just, like, such a misfire on, like, every count that, like... Yeah. 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 I sort of loved that, actually. I kind of quite like the idea of this being, like, the movie he goes out on. Because it ends in such a a way that would really fit 
with kind of a last goodbye. You know, this is his, mm-hmm. like, the old man and the gun. Yeah, kind of movie, yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. But um, it, it was not. There was more, there more was to come more. from Alfredo. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad we have some like table setting in place. Yeah, like, this is a this is a break. I have in the picture, I have lots obviously. more production notes, but like, <laughs> yes, it is a Bregman picture. Do which te- is- no, do tell. I'm just like now we know now we know that he you know this is how he got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's told the story at various times. Like Al has said that Diane saw the script, like and gave it to him and was like, "You should look at this and you should go for it." And he said that like various times, kind of later on, but. What I read was that he was sent the script with another script that he was working on with Harold Becker, who directed the movie, and that other script that he was working on with him, like they just couldn't figure it out, like they couldn't get the third act to work, and so then he was like looking at Sea of Love, and he sent it to Marty Bregman, and Bregman was like, mm, it's not finished, like it's not really working yet, um, and then separately, uh, Universal asked Bregman to work on the movie. Um, when they were courting uh, Justin Hoffman as a uh, pair, um, and he explained the issues that he had with the studio, and he worked with the writer on it. So Bregman was the one who added like the sex aspects and the mystery aspects. So I'm like wondering if before that it was just like I don't know, like the romantic drama bit in the middle. Like I don't know, like what, yeah, like what <laughs> that would have been. But how the yeah, weird. But I also feel like it is interesting that he comes back with Bregman, and I think like. It just like every time we talk about a movie with Bregman or without Bregman, it becomes so clear that he needs to be working with Bregman to make a good movie. Basically, <laughs> like that's yeah. like the key. Yeah. Like that's the kind of he understands Al's movie star persona, and he understands like mm-hmm. the types of characters that he should be playing better than like anyone else, and he knows it just like that. And I mean, he cast like Bregman cast this whole movie like he's just good with actors, I think. But like specifically, yeah. Al, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad they found each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they made their you way know. back. <laughs> exactly. That's the great, maybe that's the great romance at the heart no, of this movie. No, maybe it is, yeah. Al and Marty. <laughs> They're besties. He, like, like, Al yeah. still talks about him, like, like Bregman died a few years ago, and, and Al, like, in his GQ, that, like, GQ kind of, you know, when they look back oh, on yeah, their yeah. career, like, when he did one of those, he, like, mentioned him, like, all of the movies, he was, like, Bregman was, like, dear friend of mine and like the reason I have a career basically so he's like he he knows he knows (laughs) he knows oh bless him that's sweet um I was just gonna say they tried to get um Sidney Pollock to start with which is interesting to me because like Bobby Gifford like didn't work so I don't know why they were like let's try this again and then they tried to Matt as well and then Matt has I think uh, the most astute issues with this movie which is that he says he liked aspects of it but he thought the sexual murder had little to do with Keller's character and he said the best melodrama the best of melodrama to me mm. is when the case you're working on becomes an expression of your characters like Paul Newman in The Verdict where the very essence was the revival of a dead person I didn't see that in Sea of Love and I'm like yep Sidney Lumet best in the game yeah, yeah. there you go there you go Lumet mm-hmm. nails it hits the nail on the head and it, it's interesting because I was sort of thinking like how how this how did this movie kind of end up coming across either of their desks really because it's it's directed mm. by this guy Harold Becker who I have not heard of ever yeah He's they made brought, some movies they brought Becker on themselves yeah so they it was the script that they had like they were working on the script with Universal they didn't have the director to start with Oh sure, okay. Um, that makes sense. And the sense. guy who wrote the script, even the writer though, he wrote I mean, Color of Money. So yeah, he'd done something. 
good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Color money's great, so Exactly. But I do yeah, I do think it was like Oh yeah, he wrote the he wrote the Wanderers. Yeah. He did like a few he didn't write that many movies though, probably. I don't know if he was like one of those guys who just like punched scripts up quite a lot or something like that. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean yeah, he's sort of primarily a novelist by the looks of things. Like that's his mm, main sure. his main gig by the looks of it. He wrote he he wrote for T V. He wrote for The Wire and like the Night nice. Wolf. So I guess he's nice. like still writing for T V. So that's, that's cool. cool. Like Robert Town writing Christ. for Mad Men, which is still like insane to me. I'm like, <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> that's um, great. I feel like that's appropriate, though. No, you know? exactly, exactly. And that works for me. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That that tracks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah, because yeah, this um, you know, Harold Becker, like you know. He seems very for hire. Like I, I don't think this yeah, is a Toyota yeah. driven movie. He, yeah, yeah. It is interesting that he's for hire. Like I feel like because Al has worked with like big directors up until yeah. this point, so it's interesting yeah. that he's now. But I think like he has such a good handle of himself in this movie. Like his his mm. acting is so good that like I mean Harold Becker. I've got a quote from him somewhere saying that he like basically forced the movie to be good. By being great, basically, like he just right. like, was like, sure. "I'm gonna put yeah. all the work into this and like mm-hmm. elevate it above what it actually is." Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, yeah. This is a three star movie with a five star, like a couple of five star performances. Exactly. In it, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the script is pretty good, but like the actors are what's kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the performances. I mean, like. John Goodman, absolutely genius casting, like oh one God. of the all time best to ever do Goodman. it. Like he's so Goodman. good in this. He's like he's like every time I'm like watching a movie and he's in it, I'm like, oh, is he the best actor? E-? Like, is he the best ever? Like, I, think, I love yes. him so much. Like, like I just I can't think of anyone else who like is just like a hundred percent great every single time. Like every I've never time. seen a bad. Literally, when's he bad? Literally, when is he bad? Like oh, it's he's cre- so great in this. He's so great in this. He's so likable and so funny and yeah. just like so honest and oh, he's so great. He's so great. <laughs> We're gonna like we'll we'll go deep on Goodman at some point in this oh episode. My God. <laughs> One of our absolute finest. But, but like he uh, hadn't been in much before. Yeah. Like. Bregman basically cast Truly. him from like seeing him on stage and stuff and like thought that he and Al would have great chemistry and I'm like, yes, yeah, so true. Sure. Like they do, they're great together. Like He was right. <laughs> My god, I just realised this is a like this is a one friend is small and one is tall. Movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And it's Yay. so much better when the when the one friend is like tall and also large. Like you've got to have yeah, the like real like <laughs> The proportions are like exactly. perfect because Al's just like this little weedy dude. <laughs> exactly. I I can't look at John Goodman without thinking about the like I maintain a consistent panda bear shape thing from True Story. It's just <laughs> so good. Uh, I know, and like all the stuff in this about like um like Lonely Hearts letters yeah, and stuff like that. I was yeah. thinking about True Stories and him like speed dating with yeah. all those women and true stories oh, I love true stories um, great movie not, this is not the time to talk about true stories <laughs> although it, it <laughs> is as a movie as a movie where John Goodman also sings so you know it's fine yeah. there's a like there's a line there <laughs> there is there is 
this this may be also notable for having like a five minute scene with Samuel L. Jackson, Not which even is five, crazy. Like, like literally like two minutes, and you're like, was yeah. that Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And you're like, like, oh yeah, totally. Like the same year as Do the Right Thing. Yeah, think, yeah. Which is, Insane. Insane. He looks really young Crazy. in this as well. I'm like, he looks <laughs> really young. Yeah, yeah, really young. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was great to see him. Great to see Ricky Jenks. Yeah. Jenkins shows up and like cucks him, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Like, deserved. to be cucked by Richard Jenkins. Yeah, thoroughly deserved. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's great. Michael Rooker is like exactly playing exactly who Michael Rooker should be playing in any kind of movie. I know like he's this. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I know. Like as soon as I was like, oh, that's Michael Rooker, I'm like, he probably did it, right? Like, yeah, it's no, him. exactly. You go one look at his face and you're like, mm, yeah, mm, seems bad. Yeah, seems bad. <laughs> oh, and Alan Barkin also so good. Like, she's I mean, so yeah, great. like I feel that like that kind of. She's kind of the one person, like, I mean, she's, like, basically, she's literally the only woman in the movie, and mm-hmm. she is, like, so good. She's so mm-hmm. good, and, like, mm-hmm. so, I-, I think what she does in this movie is so fascinating, and I guess this is sort of something we can talk about when we talk about, like, our wider kind of thematic yeah. interests in this movie, I guess, is that she is so, like... Like, I've watched three kind of, like, erotic thrillery movies lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's kind of been top of brain at the moment. But, like, I obviously, yeah, we watched Basic Instinct. Last night I watched Crimes of Passion, the uh, the Ken Russell movie, which is kind of, like, an insane, uh, like, yeah, totally insane say, movie. Definitely the same vibe but, um, as this, like, 100%. Like. <laughs> yeah. Deeply unhinged. And then I watched this. And, like... In comparison to the women, the women of those movies who are giving like amazing performances, like she's so natural and so low key and so mm. kind of restrained, and she feels so much like mm. like she's so far gone from like femme fatale archetypes no, in this exactly. movie. Like she's, you sort of expect her, you know, because of like the trappings of the genre, you expect her to be sort of steely and like mm. chilly and like you know mysterious and seductive, and she's like not really any of those things she's just like a refreshingly sort of normal yeah like she is intrigued she's incredibly intriguing and she's like clearly her own person but she is so much more like so much more of a human being than the women in these movies kind of normally get the chance to be and i think everyone like i'm a big fan like especially her because usually they're like such a kind of not cartoon you know what i mean like they're such an archetype usually but like I think all the characters, yeah. like, even, like, just because we just watched Basic Instinct, I'm, like, directly comparing it, but, like, <laughs> Michael Douglas's yeah. character in that movie is, like, fully deranged. Like, I have <laughs> no, like, I crazy. don't know what his problem is, like, at any point. I'm like, what is wrong with this man? He's just, like, um, a sentient cocaine mound. Yeah. Right? Like, he's just... Yeah. Exactly. Like somebody turned cocaine, like made a voodoo doll and stuffed it with cocaine, and yeah. then like Michael Douglas just yeah. materialized, and that's, <laughs> exactly. that's how he he came to be. <laughs> exactly. Whereas, like, even like all the side characters seem like relatively like no one's like a kind of insane person in this. Like, they obviously like there's a murder, but you know what I mean. Like, everyone's yeah, like a pretty realistic. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, with the exception of about, yeah, Michael Rooker, not not really, but also even he isn't like <laughs> yeah. a kind of crazed. Like he's got, I don't know. It's all very like it's like toned down compared to and like less kind of campy and kind of yeah that kind of vibe yeah. than than the, like I guess Basic Instinct is like a parody of this genre. So 
so mm. it does it more sure. than the others. But like even like a Brian yeah. De Palma movie like from the eighties, like it's like more yeah. camp and like just visual than like yeah. as much in the characters as this is. Yeah, because um, I mean, you're sort of slightly more of a scholar of this genre than I am because you've seen Body Heat and you've seen Just a Kill. I want to say you've seen Just a Kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like. You know, I've seen, I think, maybe a few kind of less of the, like, the big boys of this genre. Yeah. But, Body like... Heat is <laughs> such a stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? I kind of really want to watch it. It's great. I Cast really enjoyed down, it, but it's... Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> really silly. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, no. Like, I think a lot of these ones are just like, yeah. This is kind of, like, cheesy a little bit. Like, it's like kind of like one of those movies if it was made by, like, really like late middle-aged people which is what it was like <laughs> yeah like yeah. whereas those are kind of more yeah like i mean also the, yeah like the thing i said earlier like this is an alcohol tinged movie whereas those are so yeah. often cooking yeah, yeah, yeah. which is just a yeah. different vibe so yeah um, yeah you can feel the kind of sadness of the 90s seeping into this movie yeah. i think you know yeah. like you get the sort of you know we're obviously still like pre-9-11 and pre kind of the real like dark period of american filmmaking <laughs> yeah. but like you know it's it's sort of you can feel that kind of like there's something seeping into this movie the most interesting thing about this movie you told me that you know the director like is like new york is a character in this movie which is i can't believe that's a real thing that people say makes me feel absolutely insane i heard him but, say like... it with his with his own mouth like it's like <laughs> what is wrong why <laughs> And, like, the funniest thing is that it so aggressively isn't. So much of this movie takes place in, like, rooms. Like, there's so little stuff happening in, like, the midst of the city. But it does open with, like, it does do, and I think we talked about this on a previous episode, which is really funny, like, exposition exposition shots Mm -hmm. of, like, New York. Mm -hmm. But the the one, like, really notable instance is that it shows you, like, porn theatres. Like, that's one of the first things that you see in the movie. And then it, like... It's never like it never gets seedier than that, really. <laughs> it's like it's like they have porn here, and then they're like, "Hey, New York," <laughs> and that's kind of it. It's like, like the, it's so. It's like the tail end of that kind of dirty New York as well. Like I was like thinking about it while I was watching yeah. it. I'm like, was New York still even like that in the late eighties? And apparently, like they yeah. cleaned it up in the kind of nineties. So I guess that does make sense. Mm. But like, still, it kind of seems like. I don't know, it's it's past it. That kind of like vibe yeah. of New York is like yeah. past what we're even exploring in, in movies anymore. And that's also not like it's not like she's a prostitute. Like that's not what the movie yeah, is. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's know. just like she's just a mum. She works at a she's shoe just, like, shop. Some lady. Like, like <laughs> she's literally just some lady. She has a leather jacket and that's like the most dangerous yeah. thing about her. <laughs> Good leather jacket, but still. Great jacket, <laughs> to be fair. Great jacket. But Yeah. Yeah, it's so strange. I I'm really compelled by kind of how weirdly anti-erotic this movie is. Yeah, yeah, it's quite. Like, I find it very interesting. Very interesting. I guess the men get like punished for having sex in it, which is an interesting vibe. Like, yeah, I mean they die uh, for kind it. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's I think sort of you know in terms of like the plot overture. That's like the most obvious sort of 
erotic thriller tinged mm -hmm. kind of plot point in this is that it's like oh you know these men are like stepping out on their wives essentially and they're getting killed mm -hmm. for that right like yeah. it's you know the one victim that we actually meet is you know the guy who's like having an affair with his wife and like you know bet swears on the life of his like children that he's like not mm -hmm. cheating on his wife and then it's like yeah he was he was obviously cheating mm -hmm. on his wife but and that's sort of that's interesting but that's like very standardly puritanical mm -hmm. I think like I don't think this movie has any of the kind of like risque sort of like horniness of stuff no. like Basic Instinct where it's like you know oh you know that he's doing the wrong thing like you know that morally this isn't the right thing to do but it kind of just seems like you know there's no danger in it really like as soon as he starts like seeing as soon as Al's character starts seeing this this woman who is essentially a suspect in yeah. this case like him and John Goodman are like making little jokes about it like they're just having a nice time about Should it we he's dust like your dick for Prince? like <laughs> exactly he's like he's like I'm gonna buy her a diamond and you're like okay Al like this is you're just sharing this in your workplace clearly this isn't really an issue right yeah, like yeah. these people don't care so much about the fact that you're dating this woman even though she is like pretty high up if not the prime suspect mm -hmm. in this case yeah but it, like it never seems like it's it there never feels like there's anything transgressive in it i suppose yeah and like even when right? you think it is getting dangerous like they immediately kind of like step it down again like when he's like oh she has a gun mm. and then immediately you're like no, like you realize that she doesn't. Like, there's no kind of like you don't wait it's and wonder girl. about that. Like, yeah. it's just like exactly. And like the sex scenes are like embarrassing in like a kind of a sweet way, but they're not like <laughs> horny. <laughs> like, it's not like yeah, I don't know. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. They're good though. <laughs> I like the sex they're scene. Okay, with the, the first like one, you funny. think. I was gonna say, you think for like a hot second that she's gonna peg him, but then yeah. she kind of doesn't. Yeah. It's really disappointing. Because I was like, oh, this is it's a really interesting like, she goes in at a very interesting angle. It's yeah. like she's kind of piggybacking him. Yeah. <laughs> Which like isn't very erotic, but like is an interesting take. Like, I, I was like, it. okay, I'm gonna guess this is one way to shoot a sex scene. She's, she's, she's just hot, like... like. <laughs> She's like taller than him as well, so it's like a whole like. She's taller than him. A whole it's vibe. a very bizarre. Um, it's just very bizarre. It sort of does feel like this is like <laughs> this is like the most middle aged movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's like <laughs> ooh, it's 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 really hotting up. She's she's doing hand stuff, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like I literally watched. Anthony Hopkins murder somebody with a dildo yesterday. Like this is so chaste. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I do watch Crimes of yeah. Passion. It's really great. It's really, really great. <laughs> I do think like um it does have the vibe that like neither of them have had good sex before ever in their lives. And they're yeah. like yeah. they're like, wow, we yeah. can just do this? Like we can just like do fun <laughs> sex things. And I'm like, yeah, you're like in your forties. Yeah, come this on. Yet? <laughs> You you have a child, ma'am. Like surely, some. <laughs> I think that's kind of that gives me the impression that she's like this is exclusively a baby making activity. <laughs> like, I am here to have child. It's just like yeah, it really is like they've both just like, it's like the really like middle age sort of like they've just like picked up their first copy of the Karma Sutra and are suddenly like oh my god <laughs> like it's a really retrograde sexual kind of vibe. <laughs> And it, 
it's so strange. And it it really does suit the fact that this whole movie feels so bogged down in like being kind of like over the hill, right? Mm -hmm, Like sort of mm -hmm. just being like an old guy surrounded by like, you know, things are moving past you and you're sort of like I don't know, I guess I gotta, you know, have, like, weird foreplay in a bodega. Like, that's what the kids are doing, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I mean, he's, yeah, so, like, Al's character is, like, he's just had hit 20 years in the force, and it seems like, Mm. oh, he's probably been drunk for, like, 15 of those 20 years, (laughs) and, like, doesn't really know what happened to him, and has just, like, woken up and been like, oh, shit, like, if I just missed my whole life, like, just got divorced from someone that I thought you know what I mean like he seemed like he was shocked by the divorce and stuff he's just kind of been like sleepwalking through it until that point and like Mm. yeah he's having his midlife he like textually says like I'm having a midlife crisis he's like talking to Richard Jenkins he's like I'm going through a midlife crisis and I'm like like, we needed that we needed that in the text like we couldn't have it's just great. like realized. That's great, and it's so funny that he's saying this to the man who is like literally sleeping with his wife or his ex-wife. I love like, that. <laughs> I love it so much. He he's got the vibe of like he's like he knows why he's doing everything he's doing, but he's like not gonna fix it. Like he's just like explaining himself <laughs> yeah. while he apologizes, yeah. but he's not gonna change his behavior. He's just like you know this is the reason. And the person's like all right, and he's like but I'm gonna do it again probably <laughs> like. I'm not gonna actually like do anything about this. I'm just like I know it's bad, but like, mm, what can you do? <laughs> hey, what uh, can you do? Exactly. He's past the point of no return, really. Like he's just stopped caring. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> I mean, should we like? I realize that we haven't like actually spoken about the plot of this movie. At yeah. All. And yeah. I, it's sort of it's not exact. I wouldn't describe it as plot heavy, but it's quite. No, yeah plot dense i suppose like it's there's, just there is a the... plot like there's some there's like a yeah there's definitely something that it's all hinging on like yeah this yeah. kind of case so, that he's doing he's pursuing so yeah. I mean, you want to handle it or sure sure I'll sure I'll, I'll do it so he's um great so it like opens his name is frank this, yeah his name is frank keller um and he is looking for who he believes is a woman who has been murdering men Either after or during they're having sex with her, um, shooting them in the back. So it has to be after. Anyway, um, and he <laughs> tries to find this woman by going on these like, um, so oh well yeah like the the actual thing is that she's finding these men through classified ads and the classified ads are rhyming. So he puts a rhyming classified ad in the paper and then like goes on dates with like all of these women trying to get their fingerprints to try and like find this woman, which is like I don't understand it doesn't really explain why Ellen Barkin only goes on dates with ones where they rhyme. Like there the there's nothing that like <laughs> yeah, actually really. explains yeah. like why she does that. Uh, yeah, and and John Goodman joins the case because he's got another guy who was killed in a kind of similar manner. Um, so they join forces, and he like sings a song. He sings "Sea of Love." They sing <laughs> like, "Sea of Love." Party. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing that like connects them, right? Yeah. Um and yeah, so he goes on these dates with these women. Um, and there's one like really heartbreaking one with like an older woman where she like realizes like what he's doing basically oh. and like. It's yeah. just really sad, yeah. and then some one woman who like takes one look at him and says, "You've got cop eyes," and then like walks away, and I'm like, "So true, bestie." <laughs> <That was great. laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then he, and then Alan Barkin comes in and he's like trying to hit on her and absolutely just dying, like really, really mm-hmm. completely failing to get through to her at all. And she's yeah. like, oh, we don't have chemistry, yeah, like I'm so. not doing this. And then um, she said so they don't get her prints. Um, and then, yeah, none of the women he's talking to are the right one. Their prints aren't found. And so he runs into Ellen Barkin at like a bodega or something. And then they just like <laughs> go for a drink and like talk yeah. about, I don't know. Being like sad and single. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like it. being like failed marriages, I guess, is what they talk about. Yeah, they hook up. Yeah. Um, he like continues seeing her, even though it's sort of infringing on the case. Yeah, and he still doesn't know whether or not she's at the crime scene because she still he still doesn't have her fingerprint despite the fact that yeah, he could they have got keep... them this whole time like... yeah yeah he keeps kind of like will they won't like they kind of have he kind of has this will they won't they thing where it's like he gets the prince but but then he has sex with her and then mm-hmm. he's like and and then he he talks to John Goodman about it and John Goodman's like this guy's no this girl's no good and then mm-hmm. then they go on a date and he kind of he can't like stop himself from sort of mm-hmm. seeing her and like she's sort of you know she's clearly interested in him but she sort of seems slightly nonplussed by him like mm-hmm. it's sort of you know she's sort of like gently disinterested which I think is is a is a, probably what kind of keeps him like pegging yeah. at right. You I know, feel like she's sort of. I feel like yeah. when they when they have sex, he's like, "This is the best thing that's ever." It's like it, now I'm thinking about Basic Instinct again, but like I was literally about yeah. to say it's just like Basic Instinct. But in Basic Instinct, where he's like, "Oh, that was like the fuck of the century," and Sharon Stone is like, mm-hmm, "Sure." <laughs> um, like she's like, "I literally like, like, yeah, exactly. I tied you gently to a bedpost, yeah. and like nothing else came of it." <laughs> But yeah, no, it has that kind of a vibe where she's, but she always like she says stuff like, "Oh yeah, like that was amazing, etc." But he, in the morning, he's like exhausted; he like can't leave. It, yeah. He's like so. Deboxed, she's like dressed. She's but, making um, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's she like whatever. That was just like something that happened to me, and she's like, she's like, yeah, that's fine. Um. <laughs> But I guess she also seems like she has like other things in her life where like he doesn't yeah, she's have a anything else. Yeah, like, she's um, like a dedicated mum. She lives with her mother. Like they, yeah. she clearly has. She has like a a job. You know, she works at a she manages yeah. a shoe store, which is impressive. Yeah, good for her. She's got little suits. Um, she's, she's doing well. Yeah, she has interior life in a way that I think that is quite nice. And you like, mm. it's sort of um, it's kind of like uh, you know. It's like fairly basic to be like, oh, she has a job and she has a daughter and like these yeah. are the things that define her. Like it's not like we're getting like deep expositional monologues from her about like how she feels, but it's it's nice that we have kind of more to hold on to with her. And I think she does yeah. come across as like a genuinely caring mother and daughter, and I think that that's mm-hmm. you know that makes a change. You know, it's the fact not that like you see she's her, like, like calling to check that someone can look after yeah, her kid exactly. and stuff. Like yeah, all of that. Alan Barkin apparently, like, didn't want any of that. Like, she didn't want to have mm. the, like, child in there or to see her apartment. She's like, this person's supposed to be a mystery. We're supposed to, like, not know if she, like, killed, mm. this per- killed these people or not. Which I do kind of think is true yeah, I think for she's that kind part of, of right. the plot. Yeah. 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 Like, I think for that side of it, that that is true. But, like, the movie kind of doesn't care about who killed these people. Like, it's not actually yeah. interested in that. Yeah. It's, like, more interested in, like... Yeah these two people who are like a little bit fucked up and are like yeah and 
falling in love with each other rather than like anything about mm-hmm. like oh did she murder these people or didn't she because you're kind of like you do wonder that while you're watching it but I don't know it seems like it's probably not going to be her in the end I, don't, I feel like yeah while you're watching it so yeah I don't think I don't think there's ever a moment where I'm like did she is she like there's no there never really is any compelling evidence presented like you know there's yeah. this running theme of like sea of love the song sea of love being played at each kind of crime scene and but then he, he brings finds that the up. LP in her home and it's like okay like I'm sure lots of people own a 45 of sea of love yeah, like it's exactly. not you know it's it's a it's a big coincidence, you know. And she's got like massive record collections. Like it's not like it's the only thing that she's yeah, got alphabetized exactly. record boxes. Exactly, it's like clearly yeah. she's, you know. It's it, I just yeah. I don't think at any point at any point you're sort of like worried about it. Yeah, I think like also the way Ellen Barkin plays it, like she seems genuine in all of her interactions. Like she doesn't seem like she's trying to trick him at any point. Yeah, like yeah, hundred percent. With that whole exchange they have about the the LPs, it's like, yeah, like she just owns those still because she hasn't got rid of them because <laughs> yeah. she's given them to her daughter. And you never like that's a lie. You're just like, yeah, of course that makes sense. Like, yeah, you don't really doubt yeah, sure. her at any yeah, point. Absolutely. Her like genuine, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, this movie is interesting. I'm like very <laughs> sort of interested in it thematically and like what it's sort of talking about like we both kind of did our little you know reading projects for this and we sort of you know I came across a very interesting piece about like which is essentially like a queer reading of this movie which is I don't like which I don't completely I don't complete I'm not completely on board with Mm -hmm. but I am kind of like half Mm -hmm. on board with like I think that I think what I agree with in it, um, I should just say what the piece is called. The piece is called <laughs> A Sea of Love Among Men. It's by Nicholas Pappas and it's in film criticism. Uh, it's free to find online, which is great. We can link it in the show notes. Uh, it's a really good read. Like It's very compelling and it sort of talks a lot about like the erotic thriller TM. And um, I think kind of the, the thing that I sort of took from it mainly is that like, yeah, that basically like you know even though they do have this really nice relationship like the most important relationships in terms of the plot in terms of like how the story is driven is like him and john goodman him and richard jenkins and ultimately him and the killer like that's sort of how the movie climaxes Mm -hmm. in a sense is with this big kind of confrontation which um you know during which uh like uh that like the love interest is sort of nowhere to be seen and like isn't kind of really doesn't really figure other than like in a narrative sense into the scene like there's no kind of you know I don't think at any point like we said I don't think at any point we sort of really believe that she is the person committing these crimes even when we get the like big sort of um (laughs) I find it so funny when it's like he's in her apartment and he sees that she's like got all the personal ads Mm -hmm. like put on her on her fridge and like the guys are like (laughs) circles It's, it's so, so embarrassing. Like, like, why would you have mothers with you? Are you like, like <laughs> this guy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. This is a this is a quote from that essay that I thought was very interesting. Uh, what strikes me worth discussing about Sea of Love is that Frank, its male protagonist, is implicated in the same motivations as Terry, who is the killer. Who is um, it's uh, I keep forgetting her name. 
uh, it's her ex-husband, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like like Terry, he professes heterosexual desire, but expresses that desire almost exclusively in a community of men. Like Terry, he suggests homosexual fantasies. Like Terry, he interprets his jealousy as a relationship with other men. And like all his fellow policemen, he fears active or aggressive women and bands together with the other men to keep that threat at bay. Whatever we say about Sea of Love, it seems to me clearly worth investigating because of this parallel between two ways of reducing the status and nature of women. Which, like, is... Interesting. I don't know if I, like, completely agree with it, but I do think that it is really interesting to me how much of this movie is dedicated to, like, the cop stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, it feels like they're kind of two movies, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this movie is very muddled, ultimately. (laughs) And I think it's good, but I think it's, like, messy. And it kind of does feel like it's sort of, like, you know, interesting that all this stuff has brought to it kind of on second and third pass because it's like, it does kind of feel like it mm-hmm. wants to be three films at once and it kind of can't quite decide which of those movies it wants to yeah. be. And like, it kind of settles on being like two thirds of one and like one third of another and like sort of gestures towards being an erotic thriller, but is neither particularly erotic nor thrilling. Like it's sort of, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's kind of, it's just sort of, there's these interesting like little moments of sort of male interaction that are like very you know like there's that scene where like (laughs) where he's Al's going on all these dates these like speed dates to kind of cross off his list of suspects like all these women who have responded to his personal ad and like it's him and John Goodman like hanging out in the alley at the back like lamenting how bored he is basically and being like you know making jokes about like dating men and stuff like that like it's just it's Mm -hmm. a it's a like weird little aside but it's sort of it's interesting how much of this movie kind of or how much of i suppose the literal plot of this movie is spurred on more Mm -hmm. by the interactions that he has with the men around him rather than his interactions with his female love interest i suppose they feel like nice little asides or nice little sections from kind of another film rather than like a cohesive part of this whole world of this movie. It and is interesting that there, there was a yeah. writer's strike during the making of this oh. movie. <laughs> so, like, anything oh, really? they wanted okay. to, like, iron out. I think it was, like, when they were actually shooting, but, like, if they wanted to iron anything out, they couldn't because, like, mm-hmm. there was a writer's strike on, so they just had to, like, base it on what they had and, like, oh, improvise sure. a little bit. Um, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Be interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, like, with this thing, like, I, d- I was reading it and I was thinking, like, I do agree with most of the points that it's making, but I think that maybe, like, it, that's just t- true of male friendships. Like, I don't know if it's, like, mm-hmm. specific to this movie or if it's just, like, right. the way society is set up is that people interact more with their own gender and, like, project their feelings onto their own gender. Like, you, you find often when people get cheated on, they... they blame the person who had sex with their partner rather than their partner like they'll Mm. try they'll blame the other person and like the same thing happens in this movie and like i do think Mm. that like especially in like the police force like any kind of like really male environment the close relationships especially if you've been in the police force for 20 years like the close relationships that you're going to have are going to be with other men in the police force and the way that you you interact with people is going to be like based on 
that if that makes sense like i i and it's like the intricate rituals mm. thing and all of that kind of thing like i think it's more just like a re- like a like a kind of reflection of how it actually is rather than like a special thing to this movie like um sure. although there is stuff sure. there's definitely stuff like he like implies that he's bi on the phone to one of the women and like at one point he's like oh, oh did yeah. your wife like stick yeah, it to you is. like do you is that what you got like <laughs> stuff like that like there's a lot of like kind of um <laughs> freudian shit for sure and pegging yeah. <laughs> as well pegging. Um, um, yeah metaphorical pegging happens in this movie <laughs> i mean like the uh, the woman with a gun which is you know as we know the gun is penis so um, perfect great <laughs> Not that a woman does have a gun at any point in this movie, so that's kind of not really neat, but anyway. No, it's a fake gun, which I guess might gun. be kind of coded in its own way. Yeah, yeah, there say. you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's definitely stuff there, but yeah, I do think that that kind of, like, that really deep reading of it, to me, is just, like, all of that stuff is just kind of, like, how those friendships are. Like, as in, I've been in, in friendship groups with, like, mostly straight men, and they mm. are pretty gay with each other. Like that's just kind of how it is. Like that's just the vibe. And like constantly making right. jokes of that description. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I guess I suppose if I were to say, I agree with you, and I think that that is like maybe more just true to like the interactions that men have in life you know Mm. in a real life i suppose it's more about like how we are to frame it in terms of i suppose in terms of the genre if we are to code this movie Mm -hmm. as like an erotic thriller do we think you know i suppose when i'm thinking about an if i'm thinking about an erotic thriller i'm thinking about the male protagonist and the female sex symbol, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. the movie is essentially about their relationship and how they kind of interact. And that's, like, the driving force of the plot is essentially, you know, not necessarily a will-they-won't, though, that's more of a rom-com thing, but, like, you know, about how those two play off of each other. And the fear and that, that he would have of her having yeah. power, like, that's kind of the key thing, yeah. right? In that yeah, style. exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a power imbalance. And this movie kind of doesn't have that like that sort of their kind of relationship isn't necessarily born out of his fear of her but mm-hmm. more about like the concept that he should have fear of her does that make sense like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of about like you know and it's so interesting that you know when we are kind of when the like the act of crime that is like when we finally see what like the murder scene essentially is like how the setup for these crimes takes place Mm. like it's not actually involving a sex act it's recreation of a sex act like it's not you know yeah he doesn't he doesn't kill the guy like while he's actually having sex he's killing the Mm -hmm. guy when he's like recreating what he's been doing to his wife Mm -hmm. like it's not there's no kind of tangible like thing in there's no like actual woman involved there's in no these subject scenes, right yeah, yeah well, like, exactly no, no object exactly. is what i meant yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah there you're right either yeah. way <laughs> like that's the you know it's not born out of like like the woman does not factor into this scene right like and that's i suppose in this genre broadly the woman is like everything like everything revolves around this female mm. character and how she how everyone else in the movie responds to her is sort of like the driving force 
Whereas that isn't necessarily the case with this film. Like, she is kind of more of a supporting character in a way that is interesting. She's I not suppose. even really but aware I, of yeah. the killings. Like, she doesn't actually know yeah, that exactly. happening until the, And she doesn't know yeah. that he's following her and, like, hasn't, she's yeah. at the end, like, she hasn't seen him for years, like, whatever it is. And, yeah. like, so she is, yeah. like, very much just, like, a reason for him to be doing these things, but, like, not actually mm. the driving yeah character yeah she uh, doesn't know he's a cop for very long exactly like yeah. you know like a big chunk of this movie he she's under the impression that he like works at a print shop yeah which is you know interesting because <laughs> like that and that again is such a like such a pivotal kind of erotic thriller dynamic is that like the cop is involved with the suspect and that's like you know that's yeah the, but they both the know friction yeah. is that yeah 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 and that isn't really present in this. They kind mm. of... The fact that she is so, like, refreshingly normal and kind of, like, grounded and sort of, you know, to the side of the sort of murder plot of this movie mm. kind of means that the thematic work of an erotic thriller is kind of going on in the male relationships mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. You know? Like, it's sort of, you know... The stuff between, you know, him and the Richard Jenkins character, this weird kind of, like you know, uh, you know this weird relationship that they have where he's like, you're like having sex with my wife and I feel weird about it. And Richard Jenkins just is like, dude, you clearly like checked out a long time ago. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't me like stealing your wife. Like she left of her own accord. Like don't, yeah. you know, drag me into this basically. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he's all riled up about that. And, you know, like the real kind of, you know, the biggest, you know, and I don't know if this is just because I enjoy the Goodman performance in this movie so much, but like the moments where I'm most the mo- the kind of the moment where I really sat up and sort of started paying attention to this movie is when the two of them meet. Like that scene is so great when they're at yeah. the kind of like yeah, it's like a bromance, like really, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really great that they kind of just like. It's so funny because he's like having this weird like karate fight with some <laughs> yeah. guy at this kind of party. <laughs> So and Goodman is like, you're so cool, man. And, and like, Alice's like, no one's like... called me cool for years. Yeah, exactly. like... <laughs> That's totally the vibe. He's like, you are like... my best friend now. Like, <laughs> this guy thinks I'm cool. Like, yeah. oh my god. That's the only, like, that's, he only really yeah. wakes up at that point. Like, he like, I think he he pays attention. Like, as in Al's character is so like checked out in general, and then like. Mm at some points in the case like when he figures out some stuff he seems to like kind of perk up a bit but like when he's interacting with Goodman it's like he's clearly having a great time like even if it's just like Al is having a great time like it just really kind of it works (laughs) yeah they're nice friends (laughs) they are they're nice friends they sing Sea of Love together Goodman's got a lovely (laughs) voice we know this as as True Stories fans we do know this Um, and it's Al's just, is yeah. terrible, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Al's is really bad. He's a terrible singer. Sorry, Al. Yeah. He's really bad. He's an awful, <laughs> awful dancer. He doesn't do that much in this movie. I know I've complained about that before. When we get to Carlitos away, I will talk in at length about what a terrible dancer he is. Um, yeah, I do think it's interesting that the the especially Goodman and and Pacino are like. I mean, because I think Rooker's character is kind of an afterthought, like, he he's sprinkled in a bit mm. during it, but, like, he's not, I don't know, he doesn't feel like he looms in any way over it, he's just kind of like, oh, we tied that up at the end, like, good. 
but yeah, Goodman and, and Pacino, like them them kind of falling in love is like also great to watch. Like It's yeah, it's sort of a movie of two love stories in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. it's they're sort of both both the kind of you know they're both like opening up sort of sides of him, mm. right? Like he's sort of he kind of he feels like he's a bad cop and he feels like he's a bad partner and she's made him realise that he can be a good partner and Goodman's made him realise that he can be a good cop. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. he has the whole idea for how to catch this killer himself. Like he is the one that comes up with the personal yeah. act thing. And like it's kind of stupid, like it's real movie logic and like his boss yeah. is so unimpressed. And it's really funny when he comes in and it's just like, that was my thought. Like, why are you making this murder about your divorce, man? Like clearly rein it in. Like you just want to go on some dates. Like don't don't bring Yeah and this he like here. offers his like sister in law or something. <laughs> That's also the guy yeah. who plays the the chief is a really key character in the West Wing, like one of the best characters in the West Wing, and like just like oh. I love to see him. I simply love to see That's him. Great. The guy who yeah, he plays Leo McGarry in the West Wing, he's the chief of staff anyway. I love seeing my friend. Um He's just like and he just like laughs at Al basically. Like he's just like sitting there and Al says stuff, he's like, What are you talking about? But yeah, it's um yeah, I think he's like he's kind of learning how to be a person again through both of these people. You know, yeah, he's learning yeah. how to be like a how to be a kind of, you know, a part he's like learning how to be a person for both men the men in his life and the women in his life. Yeah. It's kind of a love story for the both yeah. of them, you know? Which is why He's like, I love my he... job, I yeah. love my wife, yeah. you know. And then the line where he's like, yeah, you know, like, what about me? Yeah, you know, sometimes, like, sometimes men. But, you know, mostly women. Mostly women. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's a bisexual movie. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Finally, the representation we need. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, I'm just trying to browse, peruse my notes. I know. I've like, got, what I've have got, I got like, to talk about? Just shit that he says, like... <laughs> Pretty much. Come the wet ass hour, I'm everybody's daddy. Like, sure, Al, great. <laughs> I like that scene is so strange when he like has a confrontation with some yuppies in her shoe shop. It's like very bizarre. <laughs> no, he just like it's looks so... at them and they're like, "That's a cop," yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah." They just read it on him, like just. I can't believe that's how that comes to fruition. Oh, it's yeah. these men like they come in and they're slightly sarky to the sales assistant and he's like and then it's like, He you're a cop and it's like what? Surely there's gotta have been a better way for her to have found that out, really. Like, uh, like just find find his badge or something. Like it's really not that difficult to have like a kind of exactly. reveal. Like. You don't have to like invent Patrick Bateman's to come and <laughs> bother her. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, the guy who plays Al's dad, who is in a John Huston movie and like is kind of great in his like oh, no two way. second scene. Um, mm-hmm. He's only thirteen <laughs> years older than Al, which is like part of this like oh, trend really? of like people who are barely older than him yeah. playing as parents and stuff. Like, come on, that's so funny. Um, I I did like laugh aloud at that at the reveal of like mm-hmm. that scene where they're him and the kind like of an old and the other dog, cops. Like, <laughs> Just like writing the personal ads and making jokes about dick, and then they like pan over, and it's like your dad is. <laughs> Why is your dad? It's here? like you know, it's like this, the Jaws thing where he like scrapes down the chalkboard, like. It's like... <laughs> 
I've been here this whole time. Like, (laughs) I lost something once. It's like, yeah. (laughs) I have a dead wife too. So weird. Oh, so God. weird. Why are they hanging out? I just don't understand. Like, I can't tell. Is it his apartment? Like, why are they all there with Al's dad? Why is Al's dad there? <laughs> why are they all? Ma- why is he so comfortable making sex jokes in front of his dad? I know. And then he like says this like beautiful poem that his like wife told him oh, in yeah. high school, and I'm like, what? What is happening? <laughs> Oh, so and then bizarre. it's like, yeah, she'd want you to use it for this, and I'm like, for this, really? Yeah. Like, not for like vows or something? Yeah, like exactly. For something nice, it's like, no, she would want you to use this to catch a killer, oh a killer of men. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. All right, what else? Um, I, I, lo- I, re- I love vans. That's yeah. one of my big notes. True, true. I love a surveillance van. That's always a good A vibe. surveillance van is like the be- one of the best things you can have in a movie is a van <laughs> for surveillance. I want to. I want that to be my job. I want to sit in a surveillance van and yeah, surveil. Yeah, me too. It seems fun. Uh, like a cab, but even so, <laughs> I want to hang out in a van. I know. I think you'd be so good at that job, just like listening to people's conversations. It sounds so good. That would be great. And they just hang out. They were all just so chill. They are. They're just, they're just like vibing, listening to him like sing Sea of Love into his microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Going back to the like the Goodman thing, like I do think it's interesting that we've talked about this before, but that Al always has better chemistry with his male co leads than the female yeah. ones. Like he just yeah, does. Totally. Like it just like yeah. I don't know, and he was resistant to casting Ellen Barkin in this as well, and he's always like that, like, he's always a bit annoying about, like, casting women in his movies, like, it's the same with Michelle Pfeiffer, and, like, I think they That's it ended up being good, like, they got on really well, it seems like he and Barkin, like, got on really well in this movie, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, I don't know why that is, why he's, he works so much better. Yeah, why, yeah, and that's, why was he reticent seems, to cast Seems gay, Al, seems gay. <laughs> um, I don't know, sure. I don't know, he's always, I don't it doesn't. I like it, that was like Bregman wanted Barkin, um, and then Al just like eventually relented. I think with the same thing for Michelle. Um, okay, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He just wants to work with Diane. That's he's she's his only lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Diane Barkin, leading leading woman. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got a more extensive Pacino knowledge than me. Obviously, yeah. this is the gist of the show. <laughs> is is it literally just Diane? Like, is that kind of his great like on screen romance? I suppose. Well, you he know? does okay. really well with Michelle in Frankie. And I think he does. I think, and I think he does great do, with you know. They do all right in Scarface as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, He's unhinged in that movie, but she's yeah. great. So, and then. Carlito's where I can't remember the woman's name who's the actress who's opposite him, but they like dated after the movie or like during the movie and like Mm -hmm. they have quite good chemistry. But otherwise, I mean, like this stuff, like, I mean, him and him and Robin Williams are like absolutely perfect together in Insomnia. Like, it's like the the really great pairings that he has, I think, are other men. Him and Katzale in Dog Day Afternoon, like. Him and Katzale, like, Godfather too. Like you know, <laughs> him, like, him. Um, that's really true. That's really true. That's yeah. And then De Niro no. later on, like De Niro in Heat. Like I think, even though I can't remember her name, but the woman who's opposite him in Heat is really good. But 
like obviously. oh yeah she's great i mean everyone's fucking great in heat who's yeah. bad in heat come yeah, on now exactly exactly <laughs> everyone he is a great case of like everybody in this movie is a person like so yeah a person. yeah even though he is this is what makes Michael, like, not to go on a complete tangent, but what makes Michael Mann so great is that every character in his movie is completely thoroughly a human being, but yeah. they all sound insane, like, they all talk yeah, like yeah. movie characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tom Cruise in uh, in Collateral is, like, the Perfect most unhinged character. human being. Yeah, yeah. Genius casting, he's, like, doing jazz riddles, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, this man exists, that's mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, perfect. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, he's I so good at that. Michael Mann, like his, the, the big thing, like that I realized, like relatively recently with Michael Mann is that even though maybe he does have less female characters in his movies than like one would like, I, although I don't really care, but like he, <laughs> the romances that he has in his movies work so well. They're so romantic. Oh, yeah. Like when they have oh, romance in them, they're so yeah. romantic, and it really yeah. works. And then like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always mm-hmm. like the the temptation to compare him to Christopher Nolan is like offensive to Michael Mann, but like <laughs> the way Christopher Nolan does his romances is just like <laughs> I don't believe these people would ever have a conversation, let alone like yeah. I know. Yeah. But like in a weird way, Christopher Nolan and Al kind of have the same problem. That's like true. men That's interacting true. in Chris Nolan movies are so much more interesting than women interacting with men. Which is why Insomnia movies. works so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, to bring up Tenet, like Tenet is literally a movie about Rob Bob Pat and yeah. John David Washington like learning that they actually love each other no, and are exactly, best like exactly. that's great. Poor Elizabeth Debicki, who's like one of the hottest people alive, like has I to know. just sit there and like smush kind of like have awkward yeah. chemistry with JDW and like they're both so good looking and you're like, <laughs> Why isn't this working? Like why why not? And then Rob walks in and you're like, Oh, <laughs> oh these two these Christian two is these like are the boys. Peak, like stop casting women, it's fine. You don't have to put a woman in your movie. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. You just don't have Chris. to do it. Just you don't just don't do it. have to do it. <laughs> it's fine. Like <laughs> oh, there is kind of a there really is like a slightly delicious irony in the fact that like the most prominent female role that he's kind of written <laughs> is played by Elliot Page, right? <laughs> like, yes. you know, so like isn't true. that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's and it and like that character anyway has like a. Re- I mean, I think like Elliot oh Page even then like could not escape having a vibe <laughs> yeah, like so like. <laughs> Like, the gayest possible thing you can do is have, like, an uncomfortable kiss with Joseph exactly. Gordon-Levitt. Like... <laughs> oh, what a good Aww. movie. I like Inception. Oh, I, I love Inception. Inception. <laughs> this is such a tangent from this movie, which is not about this at all. But it kind of isn't, though, because this is all about, like, male homosociality, yeah, yeah, right? It is, like, it it's is. all... It's all about, like, guys being dudes, oh, which this man. movie kind of, like, isn't, in <laughs> yeah. a weird way, sort of isn't particularly interested in, but yeah. it kind of is at the same time. Yeah, really it strange. ends up being it's... that by accident. Yeah. I think probably just by virtue of having two really compelling performers playing off mm. each other really well, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think maybe if somebody, maybe if they'd gotten, like, a, a less good actor than Goodman, th- this movie would not be as Like, literally anyone else. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
Great point. Like, who's less, who's more interesting than him? Like, really nobody. No, I know. He did, like, he did, like, a gesture at one point with his hands, and I was just like, oh, I'm, like, experiencing bliss right now, just from, like, a hand gesture from this guy. Like, I'm just so uh, happy right now. I know. I know. Oh, God. He's so wonderful. What's your favourite Goodman? Tell me. Oh, Jesus. If you can. Um, if, you, if you can manage. Barton Fink is is so good. Um, he's so scary in that. Yeah, He's great in Inside Lewin Davis. He's, like, terrifying in that movie as well. He's like, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Anyway, if so you call great. Oscar Isaac a queer in your movie, yeah, then I'm, yeah. like, immediately like, yeah, you're the best actor ever. <laughs> Thank you for doing this to me. <laughs> uh, what else? I mean, obviously true stories. I'm trying to think what else yeah. I... Yeah. I've seen him in. He's, he's great so in Monsters Inc. It's so true. Who does he play in Monsters Inc.? <laughs> he's Sully, Maddie. He's Sully. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, he's Sully, and Crystal is is Mike. Oh, of course. That's the first movie I saw in the cinema, and I am not sure if I've seen it since then. Like, oh, Monsters Inc. I loved Inc. it though. Not to be like you should rewatch Monsters Inc., but you should probably rewatch Monsters Inc. I'm on like it. you've got better things to do with your time, but I mean, do I? Cars, no. <laughs> yeah, you uh, do. Oh, brother, where art thou? Is he good in that? Of course he is. He's good in everything. <laughs> Who does he play in Cars? Who's he in Cars? I don't know. I mean, I have. Cars I literally, two. I've literally never in my life seen like I've seen Cars once and then never again. I oh, could not yeah. tell you. Yeah, I've seen Cars once. Famous Paul Newman oh vehicle God. Cars. Um, Cars is like secretly stacked. Like Tony really Shalhoub is in Cars. Michael Keaton's in Cars. Yeah. Jeremy Piven. Like, yeah, I was gonna say Piven. <laughs> Hank. Um. Oh my god. Yeah, Hank's that's crazy. crazy. Anyway, John Goodman is Sullivan <laughs> Truck voice. Great. Glad we looked that up. Something that means nothing to me. <laughs> Sullivan Truck. That's great. <laughs> He's in the B movie. Is he good in the B movie? Ah, uh, I mean, everyone. I'm sure. Layton I don't doubt T. it. Montgomery probably great. <laughs> Is he a wonderful he's a human or a bee? Do you think he's I think he's, he's probably a bee with like a real like old Ah, he's in Isla Fisher vibe. vehicle, Confessions of a Shopaholic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> great. That's this has been Goodman Corner. Hot Soccer he's Proxy, the best. great movie. Anyway. Um Ah. <laughs> oh, great movie. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. One of our finest guys. So good. Anyway, yeah, great. And um oh, see I I looked it up and now I've lost it again. Um, oh yeah, the uh, oh it's uh, it's Penelope Ann Miller, the interest, the love interest in Carly Toys Way is ah, Penelope thank Ann you. Miller. Yeah. Another movie with a stacked cast. Louise Guzman <laughs> yeah. is in yeah. Carly Toys Way. Vigo's yeah. in Carly Toys Way. This is great. I've got John Ortiz. I mean, come on, <laughs> like Wazama. <laughs> I'll be oh, on this podcast with so someone saying like Wazama with that amount of like glee. <laughs> Please, please. Like is loved by all. No, that's this true. Is not... That's true. <laughs> all the girls love like <laughs> Unfortunately, also Sean Penn with like the worst perm you have oh, ever no. seen in your life. So that's gonna be. Yeah, I know. I I appreciate that. I like deliberately scrolled past. Yeah. I was like Al Pacino, great. Yep, obviously he's in it. Sean Penn scrolls up the list, keeps going. Yeah. Like... Yep. <laughs> Paul Mazursky's in it. <laughs> Really? Apparently. Oh my god! He's a That's judge. Great. Anyway, oh, he's great. My friend Paul Mazursky. What else? What else? 
My uh, my favorite line in this movie is when Al says, "This city, what it does to people," and then that's it. <laughs> like he's just talking about. <laughs> New York is a character. It's in such the movie a line from like a completely this. different movie. Like God, I know. I know this movie really is like a merging of six movies. I know I've already said that, mm. but that really is the case. You really feel it. It's it's also like it's but... very kind of yeah. All of these people were cool in the 70s who are making this movie and are like, this is what is cool now, right? And it's like, no, not really. Yeah, You're kind of really just middle-aged. Cool. Like... <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's trying to be cool, but, but still, like... No. But in a way, that's sort of what makes it work, is that this is, like, the most middle-aged movie yeah, of all time. totally. It's, like, really... It like leans so thoroughly into its middle aged yeah. that it kind of works. I think you know? Al looks great too. Like I love the like <laughs> He does look pretty the, good. Like, yeah. The like grey sideburns, he's like letting that happen and I'm like, why did you stop yourself aging? Like you should just like gracefully like don't do the shit to your face. Like just go with this vibe. You look yeah. good. Like just kind of age gracefully, my friend. But whatever. Oh. You didn't. Yeah, no, nobody ever. And he still isn't great. Unfortunately. Really? Even now? Oh, ow. Ow. Come on. I know. I don't know. Wanna do do Barkin Corner, you know? Like, I don't know. Sure. Well, I saw a great tweet from her today where she was talking about because Paul Newman was trying to (laughs) because um everyone was like he's some someone asked like who's the actor with like the most like best looking with the best actor like the combination of whatever all three great things that you can find an actor and everyone was saying Paul Newman and she replied being like I work with Paul Newman and I couldn't look him in the eyes and I'm like so true bestie (laughs) um I don't know what other notes I have pretty bad police work for this whole movie but that's not really surprising yeah uh, <laughs> no, I mean that's like a that's a real erotic thriller thing, isn't it? Like the cops are just useless, always useless. Mm. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is um, Al says like um, when like Goodman comes up with like some useful information, and he goes, "What are you a fucking cop?" And he goes, "Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. She's so good. <laughs> every line I know we've already talked about Goodman, but like every line delivery Goodman does, I'm like, this is a delight. Like this is so good. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. God, I should just do a Goodman He's so good. season by myself. Should we do like, like John Goodpod? Yeah. Pod, Pod Goodman? Pod Goodman. John Podman. <laughs> John Podman sounds like a man that we've like workshopped for a target demographic, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like John Podman is 25 to 34 years old. <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. <laughs> He's like our marketing, our like statistical average our case John study. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> Truly, anything else? Oh, I liked it. Um, I liked it when Al says he gets a bit like he puts a bit too much sauce on it, and he goes. He's talking about the murder suspects, and he goes, "James Mackey." That's like my favorite <laughs> Al line reading in the movie, because <laughs> that he kind of gets a bit silly for a minute. <laughs> Oh. That's like sneaking Al, like you know, old Al sneaking back yeah. in, you know, and like Al to come, um, like he's just like yeah. relaxing this Al's one movie, and then the after that, like Al future, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, um, yeah. I this is literally just becoming us talking about things that we enjoy that 
John Goodman does in the <laughs> movies that I love that they like meet and like immediately he invites them to his daughter's yes. wedding, which I think is just great. Perfect character be like exactly what he would do. He's like, hey, you like weddings? And he's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's like, you want to fuck a bridesmaid? Come, please. Like, God, I wish I was friends I hate, with John. I hate Gibson. that we've turned this into like a guys being dudes movie. I know, I know. <laughs> Ellen Barkin is great in this, and like, it's worth like. I know. There's one bit like at the end. Oh, that is something to talk about. Like, right at the end, when the he's like chasing after her after like they came out of the shoe store, or she came out of the, of the shoe store, and he's like trying to get her back. At one point, a guy fully walks into Al, like, just completely, like, bodies him, and that actually was just, like, a random pedestrian who, like, somehow got through all of this stuff, and, like, Al just, like, grinned and, like, maintained character, and, like, Harold Becker was just like, yeah, I had to keep that, obviously. Um, uh, that's so good. And also then at that point, like, I love, like, Ellen Buck, and, like, she's just kind of smiling a little bit while he's saying stuff, like, she's, like, fighting it, but, like, she just can't, like, fight Aww. that she likes him still, and it's, like, really that's good, great. like moment but yeah yeah that's good that's good i um i guess we haven't talked about like the central horny scene of this movie which is like bodega foreplay oh god i forgot about it i fully forgot (laughs) it's like it's so strange it's so strange it's like it's like they're in an incredibly unhorny setting so they don't like actually sort of do anything risky like she kind of just like touches his thigh a bit and mm-hmm. it's like ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, but that's like it and then she leaves and that's kind of he's like looking at tin peaches he like holds them and then like <laughs> then like wow I love erotic she like picks thrillers. up a pepper yeah <laughs> that's what like, yeah. they're like holding fruits that's what's that's kind, kind of, of so really. great about it is that it does have the vibe like it, it has exactly the vibe of like middle aged people just kind of figuring out like how to <laughs> yeah. have fun again it's just like this is yeah. this is sexy, right? Like this is something that people do, and you're like, yeah, no, but sure, yeah. like, <laughs> if you want, you crazy like, kids, you have your fun. <laughs> exactly, it's so funny, and he's like, yeah. he, at one point, he's like, I feel like a teenager, and I'm like, I can tell, I can tell. Aww. Yeah, Aww. it's great. They're just like holding produce in a very erotic exactly. way. Exactly. It's exactly. like people are just like it's New York, man. Like I can't think of anything less sexy than like a corner shop. It's really just yeah, not like exactly. the vibe's not nice. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but good for them. They're finding their thrills where they can get it, you know? Yeah. A great great <sighs> middle aged dad picture. Um, yeah, truly. Truly. I'm like, really glad movie... that Al is at this point. Like I like to see it. Mm-hmm. I like to see him mm-hmm. showing his age. Like, I appreciate it. Um, I agree. Yeah, totally. I think it's an interesting, like, springboard back for him. Yeah. Because it's not very, I guess this is sort of an angle that we haven't really spoken about, is that, like, for this to be his comeback picture is very interesting, because it's so low-key, and mm. he's so low-key in it. Yeah. You know, it's, like, really not a showy performance at all, and, you know, I guess it's sort of, it. I suppose him, like, doing small things and doing theatre for, like, the last four years is probably kind of, like kept him in check a bit i guess yeah and it's um it's yeah it's interesting that this is kind of you know it's not like he's like back with a bang you know yeah it doesn't feel like like... he's like trying to prove anything like he's just kind of like yeah exactly oh remember like this is something i can do and like this is the kind of thing that you've seen me in before and like but like maybe like a little bit more mature now but like it's not like he's gone insane and i mean we didn't talk about it but like the critical reception to this movie was 
good and it made money like it was a success in like every metric that you could measure it by so yeah yeah it's like the most three-star movie that we've covered for this yeah like i think like perfect three like like i don't think it does play on television very much but like that kind of vibe like it's just like yeah like you sit down yeah that's exactly the vibe yeah 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 totally yeah yeah this is yeah i feel like this is the most like powerfully three star exactly. exactly and like i mean that in a com- like i mean that in a very complimentary no yeah way, you know it's not gonna split opinion just... as much as like some of the other stuff we've covered and it's not like a masterpiece obviously. yeah like it's like yeah exactly yeah. exactly and we've you know we've had some like we've had some divisive kind of exactly. you know things have been you know up and down basically you know there's been like mm-hmm. massive highs and there's been like shocking lows but yeah this is yeah i think it's nice that he's like it's like he's sort of like i'm picturing him like sort of setting out on a little boat like a gentle <laughs> little like canoe mm-hmm. you know he's just like he's he's paddling through like gentle water you know yeah it's like he's like yeah he's back on he's back on board he's like you know the the water is calm He's like, the world is ready for Al Pacino again. And here I am, and I'm just gonna, like, you know. And if you like easy. it, you like it. If not, whatever. Like, that's yeah. fine. And I, I do think I that's live... part, of the, like, part of the reason he quit in the first place is because he was feeling like everything he did was this big event, and, like, that he had to be kind of bigger and more impressive every time. And this is very much just a, like, hey, it's a movie. Like,. Yeah. It's chill. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this is. I fine. put I put work into this. I put effort into it. Like, but you know, it's not like my yeah. entire kind of uh, body and soul is in this thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is such a such a minor film in the like in the stack in the stakes of his filmography. Exactly. In yeah. a way that, like, you know, obviously the later stuff is kind of more in this key. Yeah. Like it's like Al- an Al Pacino movie stops being an event. Yeah. You know, after this point, really. But, um, you know, it's nice. I'm like, I'm happy that he's like in the gentle, in the shallow, you know? Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good for him. That's like my resounding <laughs> take on this movie. It's like, good, good job, Al. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Good it's, for him. I'm glad like, you're back and you're back like in a tone that we appreciate and having yeah, a bit of fun. Yeah, you're with doing it. solid, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, I know. <laughs> I was gonna be like, so what's next? And I've just realised what's next. Dick Tracy is what's it's next. It's not. It's not directing next. Like directing next is local stigmatic, which is like gonna be a short episode, I guess, because it's a short movie. But, but in the in the um, and... but in the in in his like life, Dick Tracy is what's next, right? Yeah, Dick Tracy is next. Well, yeah. I think actually they shot Godfather three first, but yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. In terms of, the like, cinematic out release. Before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because, um, like... <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen Godfather 3, but you've seen Dick Tracy. And obviously, yeah. I imagine... I imagine G3 is sort of more on this level, in terms of Yeah, I think probably. Source, you know? Yeah. At least yeah. at the end, the, the clips that I've seen from it seem like he's a bit kind of lost in the weeds. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dick Tracy, that is not the case. <laughs> Dick Tracy is a great movie, and I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Warren Beatty, my favourite auteur. Um. <laughs> Beatty, oh my god. I'm like, uh, this is like the great Beatty war is going to come <laughs> out in that episode. <laughs> 
we're gonna like we're gonna bat the battle over Beatty will begin. Warren <laughs> Beatty's my best friend. I can't wait. He's such a like Warren charm Beatty vacuum is, like, in that movie. My as casual well. He's such nemesis. like an empty suit in that movie. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're nemesis and my best friend. Um perfect. But yeah, final thoughts on Sea of Love. Shall we wrap this bad boy yeah, up? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, um, g- good movie. I don't have any final thoughts. <laughs> I think it's fun. No, me neither. I love to see. Very Elle. solid. I miss. Very him. solid. Good yep. to be back, etc. Yep. Yeah, good to be back. I'm thinking I'm back. Like you know, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. And yeah, so we're gonna do like a mini sode on the local stigmatic. I yeah. think we've actually timed this really wonderfully because it's like we're both gonna be over the next month the busiest that we've probably ever been in our lives, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got like a nice little short one that we can just like pop out. Yeah. You know, and we can talk about some other garbage while we talk about that, you know, because that's probably yeah. what we'll do, right? Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, there we have it. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. Uh you can find us on Twitter and instagram at al Pacino. send us you know talk to us uh, we haven't like been doing anything on the twitter or the instagram mm-hmm. lately so i guess we'll just have to I'm come so up with some behind on shit instagram it's terrible <laughs> oh i'm like oh, no i'm like five oh, no. movies behind on like making like proper like <sighs> little yeah little posts God. oh maddie my goodness i mean not like the twitter is like great like i you know <laughs> she's a copywriter ladies and gentlemen the twitter is like not great but you know (laughs) come on you can talk to us you know we'll be there we're always on twitter whether we like it or not so um yeah that's it like you know do all the podcast things uh like i said we're gonna do a little mini uh episode on the local stigmatic which may or may not be incredibly difficult for us to find i've got it i I don't know oh you've got it okay great oh it's on youtube (laughs) perfect Nothing has ever had more of a it's on YouTube yeah, energy no, than this exactly. movie. That and Chinese so, coffee, yeah. like YouTube anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So that's next week. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Should we like sing Ca- <laughs> Sea of Love? I can't remember it. So I can't remember it. Come with me, <laughs> my high love, to the sea, the sea of love.